wonderful people and welcome to Reviews in Twos. It's been a while. Things have been a little bit crazy with, you know, studying and stuff, but we are back. I am your host, Nora Kalkman, and I am joined by Will Cumbia, and we are continuing our discussion on the movie Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Sega. This movie was released earlier this year in 2020, and we did a part one also talking about the movie. <laughs> so um, if you haven't listened to that, give it a listen so you know the context and what we're saying, these things, because we are continuing the conversation. Um, if you haven't listened to part one and you don't want to, that's fine too. Um, before we begin the episode, I do want to take a moment and address something that happened. Um, on November 2nd, there was a terror attack in the city center of Vienna. And I don't know if you're religious or not, or if you believe in God or not, but if you do, please pray for the people in Vienna including Will and many others. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, I, I do really like this movie because it is, as you said, um, even if you haven't watched Eurovision, like, it's, it's still a great movie. And I really like the comedy in this. I feel like it's not something you would usually get from a comedy movie. I think it's very, well, maybe from a European comedy movie. I don't know. But it's very direct and straightforward. Uh, a lot of the things that even the characters say, it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like uh, at the beginning, there's this scene where Lars is telling secrets about like, yeah, my father thinks I'm worthless. And she's like, oh, I don't think, um, I don't think he means it. And <laughs> Lars goes, yeah, no, he said, you may think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> or you may think I'm drunk, but I'm not. And it's just like, it's very direct. And I really appreciate that too, because usually it's like, um, the characters are just like dancing in circles around each other. Like, oh, what does this mean? And like alluding to things and whatever but it's just like nope straight up this is what it is and that's the thing so. yeah and it definitely is a will ferrell film like it definitely has will ferrell's handprints on it and his wife is swedish so like he i think why he does so well in this is because that he like had seen eurovision and he he understands some of the cultural impacts of it um and so because i'm not a huge will ferrell fan i love elf but I was, when I saw it was him, I was like, uh, okay, I don't really typically like Will Ferrell's humor and the writing style and the acting and different stuff. But I, I think he did a really good job. And I think part of that is because Rachel McAdams is a rock star and they play off of each other really, really well. Um, and it is ridiculous, but like you can still kind of believe, like there's, there's believability to it, which I feel like in some Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell movies, it's so beyond so absurd that you're like oh my gosh this is this is crazy but it has just enough believability that it makes the comedy like work really really well 
Um, and I think I think he was a writer on it. He was a producer, a writer for the script. And so like yeah, I think he was a writer, yeah. Yeah, he like he had yeah, a big part together with um, Andrew Steele. Yeah. And like his, even his singing is not so bad. Like I'm a singer and I like, I don't want to listen to Will Ferrell sing all, all day, but there are moments where I'm like, okay, he can, he can actually kind of carry a tune a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not terrible. Like it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, I think uh, what you were saying about the dynamic might also be um, having to do with actually like Eurovision as a thing like it is so it is kind of crazy but also it is a real thing and i think that's just it just translates to comedy uh, really well mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, very much yeah also, yeah <laughs> yes i i thought it was very funny how they had the group of american tourists there <laughs> amazing the commentary on america was so a wonderful i think especially so i mean americans watching it from america might be like oh that seems a little bit harsh but any person who has spent any longer than three weeks in europe and has experienced europeans experiencing americans it is on the nose like it is so perfect the and the american bits are just oh it blessed me so much because it is so hey jamba juice <laughs> go to the starbucks where is the starbucks everywhere you look they're everywhere get out of here we hate you like it's just so great and then for will ferrell who is actually american like saying all of that stuff oh it's it's great comedy gold comedy gold. yes it was the best because you don't get that in movies often like because also because a lot of the movies are hollywood or produced in america so you don't you don't get (laughs) and it's it is basically it's I mean, you could go out on the street in the tourist season and it would be like, you would be surprised that it is actually what happened. <laughs> in no way, shape or form an exaggeration. Americans are ridiculous human beings and they, I think, get crazier when they travel. It's just, it's insane. I do, I wanted to say on the, on the comedy aspect, I think one of the reasons why, because Will Ferrell doesn't dominate the movie. Sometimes there are moments where you forget, oh right, Will Ferrell's in this movie. Um, one of my favorite moments because because it really is kind of a dance between like showcasing eurovision and kind of paying homage to it and then also kind of poking fun at it and also kind of will ferrell so it kind of has this has nice this nice balance where the entire film is not just riding on will ferrell being ridiculous there's so much more that that balances it out kind of in a comedic and a just a plot point like one of my favorite moments is in they have this this sing-along at the this like party for all the contestants and of course in like a glee pitch perfect-esque style they just start singing all these songs and do a mashup and it's so campy but so great because all of the performers um who are supposedly contestants are former people who have won or who are like fan favorites which if you haven't watched Eurovision, you're like, who are these random people? Why do I care about them? But you start to use like, you realize, okay, no, there's these people are legit. And so that's a fun, that's like a great little like Eurovision moment. And then Will Ferrell is randomly in the middle of that. And you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot Will Ferrell was in this movie for a second because I was so focused on this wonderful sing-along with all of these past Eurovision winners, including Conchita from Austria, uh, which hey. I live in Austria. And so I uh, have a little bit of, of, pride for 
uh, Conchita in that part. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's really funny to watch him. Like, there's these amazing singers, and then Will Ferrell is also just like bopping along. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's so great. Another theme uh, that I wanted to kind of touch on, or we've already touched on in the in summary, um, is that each character has their own like arc. Lars has his own arc, and Secret has her own arc. And Lars, for him, it's really like this constant struggle of not giving up to keep going, keeping going, keep. Yes, not giving up, despite basically everyone in his life, except for Secret, telling him that he's not worth it, he's not good enough, and he's he just like sucks at everything. But he goes on and on and on, and it's very interesting at the end when he finally snaps, like he can't take it anymore that people are, are laughing at him. She's the one being like, no, we have to stay and he's he's just he can't take it anymore i think it, it, it he's in this weird place of realizing like okay my my dream is gone and the one person that thought i could do it is also not supporting me anymore i mean secret has always always stood by him except for at that moment but then he gets back home and he talks with his father and he's like uh, his father says, no, I'm proud of you because you didn't give up. And then Lars says, but I did give up. And it's kind of this moment of like realizing how how to say it. It's Think on it because exploring outside of Husavik and outside of Iceland for the first time, she's like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Where are all these different opportunities? And then she's having this encouragement from Dan Smith's character, Alexander Lemtov, the Russian, who, you know, he's saying, no, you're really talented. You like as an artist, as a singer, as a performer, and as a person, like come, come, like I can show you the world kind of moment, uh, which is hilarious. While like Lars is kind of having this crisis of identity. And so then they kind of cross at the end because she ends up at, by performing her song at the end it crushes his dreams of being a performer. So it's kind of his art, artistic low in some ways as she is shining artistically. But this whole, the, the song is called Husevik and it's this love song to their hometown. And the, the lyrics are just talking about how it, it's been in front of me this whole time. You know, everyone else says this narrative of you have to want kind of this capitalistic dream of going out these big city lights and all this different stuff. She's, but it's her realizing through breaking out that actually all she's ever wanted has, has been right at home. And then Lars also realizing at the same time of like, oh, this is, this is my dream as well. Like she's, she is enough with my dream. And so it's, it's just a very interesting how they kind of, they seesaw those themes. And also for him, so much is tied back to approval from his father, right? And so you have the moment, the moment where he's able to, to, to get past himself is the moment that his dad actually accepts him, right? And so you could argue that his whole, yes, he wants to perform, yes, he wants to succeed, but really you could argue that his whole arc is looking for seeking like fatherly approval, right? Like he wants to earn, like, win Eurovision to earn his dad's approval. And it wasn't until, 
and 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 then also you know Pierce Brosnan, who is the dad, of course, who we'll get to him later because I have some thoughts on him. Um, but once he says, "No, I love you," like you have, like you have a Viking spirit, like you didn't give up. That's the moment where Will Ferrell says, "No, I can go back and do this." And so it's just a very interesting thing. Which, sorry, last last moment on this because it just ties into a, like the Eurovision theme of kind of. Uh, this this tension that I feel like a lot of European countries feel culturally between being their own thing, right? Having kind of their own own independent cultures, but a lot of countries are so small, like Iceland, that it's difficult to, and then wanting to connect kind of with the larger global market and everything like that. And so it kind of ties into this tension that Europe itself and European countries and Eurovision embodies. So I think they did a really good job of weaving in all of that stuff that's an excellent <laughs> way of putting it thank you for your words yes <laughs> yeah and i think also at the end when alars realizes like okay my worth isn't tied to whether or not i win this contest and when he goes back he goes back for secret not for yeah. himself because he's been doing this all for himself and again like Secret at first was only doing it for Lars. Like when you watch her in the movie and they're on the stage, she first looks at Lars and then and then she sees how happy he is and then she like smiles as well. She's like, "Well, he's happy." Mm. Um, so yeah, and I really like that the second theme of <laughs> Secret also like discovering that she isn't tied to a man. She doesn't have to be mm -hmm. tied to a man to be her own person. Like when they were kids, she says, like she had trouble speaking, she wouldn't speak. And she says, Lars is the one who helped me to speak. And he's her whole world because she feels like without him, she couldn't have been where she is now. But then she realizes again, with the help of Alexander, like, no, she, she is worth something apart from Lars. Like, she is her own person, and she has um, her own ideas and her own things that she brings to the table and her own talent. And she was just, like, not um, aware of that. And until, I think, the, their final, their last conflict is very important for both of their characters because Sigrid is like putting her foot down and she's saying like no this is me I'm I'm accepting this and it's part of her way of coming to terms with no I am an artist that is who I am so I am staying like it's her coming to her own and kind of seeing if she can if she can do this without Lars you know like she doesn't she doesn't need him to support her or whatever and Lars is kind of pushing the limits from like if I keep saying like no come with me will she actually come like how far you get what I'm saying like how, yeah. how far um, is, is she willing to come how far do I have to go to to yeah get her to come with me and they're both pushing the limit and they're both um, setting their foot down in different ways. I think Secret is the more like steady, okay, this is, I'm here. And Lars is just kind of like panicking. But it's also them discovering 
In discovering who they are without the other, they are able to then come together again stronger. And it's so beautiful. It is. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that they echoed at the very beginning. She, as a kid, she couldn't talk. Um, and, and she credits Lars and Abba um, <laughs> for her allowing her to speak. And it's not at the end, it's in a healthier way, like in not so much of a codependent way, like she is her own person, but it is Lars, Lars's uh, encouragement for her to then sing her own song and, and kind of push her to, so it, it is the kind of beautiful give and take and I think what we see at the end is, I think, a healthier where they're both their individual people. They accept each other. They accept who they are. And that's when she can kind of discover her own voice um, and hit the Spjord note, um, which, yeah. Nice. Do you have any final comments or thoughts for before we move on, I will have like individual thoughts within all the different categories. I will say uh, the elves is great. I just love the random, these random little tiny houses in the middle of the the fjord or yeah. Um, that that whole that whole storyline is so wonderful. Uh, we've already said Graham Norton's in the film, but Graham Norton is in the film and Graham Norton is a rock star. Um, and I'm pretty sure is is the real he does the commentary for the UK. I'm pretty sure for Eurovision every year. Cause every, cause, cause, cause when they broadcast it, then they have like individual people who are doing it in their own language who are commenting and actually, so if you're going to watch Eurovision somehow get access to the British one because they're so snarky, they're so sassy. And I'm pretty sure that Graham Norton is the one. And they, they're all of these snide comments of like, Sweden is now crying for no apparent reason and all you know all of this just it's it's great it's quality um I think yeah we can I can have I'll have more comments within the actual categories but I think those are all my general comments all right so this is where we're ending today's episode part three of reviewing Eurovision will be up soon and stay tuned because we are going to be reviewing the movie quantitatively in five specific categories as um, Will mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. Yeah, so looking forward to that. Thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed hearing this um tell a friend and again thank you so much for listening all the way until the end and have a wonderful day <laughs>